Where's the manager? More me now. Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Welcome to, I believe it's episode 52 of Car Selling Secrets, sponsored by Walzer Automotive Gre- Group, with special guest... Mike Bilski. And Cassie Schrader sitting in for Andy. And last but not least... Somebody. <laughs> Mr. Happy Tom Bernard. We'll be right back after these announcements. And so what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us, we talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? And I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Okay, can I tell you about the woman I met in the hall just now? Don't play that music. Oh, I That's why we're using all the Walzer stuff so we can play it on YouTube. Otherwise, we get bounced. You have their own oh, channel. Yeah, you can't. Oh, right. you guys put it up on YouTube. Oh, yeah, okay. that's why they split the streams. Anyway, so sorry. No music. We'll no talk music. about it later. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and none I'm of your confused. filthy jokes either, sister. I won't say any filthy jokes. On the Walzer deal. I'll, sure. I'll be polite. <laughs> So I go to run down the hall to the men's room quickly, uh-huh. and I open up a door, and there's a woman standing right outside the door. And I said, hey, how you doing? She goes, oh, not bad. she got a mask on, though, so I can't really see what she looks But she goes, oh, sorry, I was, I was just looking to see what the, the sticker said. And I said, well, yeah, just it's my name. She goes, no, I know, I know. I said, oh, okay. She goes, I listen to you. Well, I used to listen to you. I listen to Christian radio now. Oh, <laughs> like, wow. oh well. Yeah, but you're Christian. Yeah, I told. I said I'm Catholic. That's yeah. close enough. Sure. That's a Christian deal. Christ, that's super Christian. Yeah, that's super Christian, man. Just so I told her as I was around the corner, I said, "Just come back once in a while." She just started laughing. <laughs> I get the impression I don't know her. I'd never met her, but but I get the impression. Whether it's the man or the woman, you ever notice when you meet somebody new, all of a sudden you're either really political or really religious. Yeah, you know yeah. about people. Yeah, I have noticed happens that. a lot. Yeah, uh, oh, I used to have a guy. Won't can't say what he did for me, but if you know what I mean. Um, close. That was a visual. Yeah, I didn't get it. Anyway, go ahead. Okay, this is what. Oh, I see. And this is sounds what, uh, like <laughs> yes, exactly. ear cutter. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what an ear cutter. But anyway, I went to him for years, five years, six years, whatever, a long time. He was his name a, Floyd from Mayberry? Uh, Tommy, Tommy, come on over um, He met a new woman, never talked to me again. Really? Because apparently she was really political and hated my show. Oh. She was a way far lefty. Or and I still don't understand that because I don't support the far right anymore. I do the far left. So I don't understand what their problem is. But he literally still to this day has not talked to me just because he met a woman. 
I mean, I don't know what she's got cooking in the rack. But, <laughs> you know, it's apparently something. Well, I, more than you, that's for sure. Yeah, more than I do. That's for, that's a good thing. That's a good point. Okay, so anyway, back to uh, car selling secrets. No, we Christian always radio. start out with <laughs> the guests telling the story of their very first car before we get into today's topic. So, what was your first car? The first car that I drove, or the first car that I owned? Pick one. Is pick the better of the two stories. Uh, 1966 uh, Ford Mustang. Wow, oh. I, my first one was a 65. Yeah, 1966 Ford Mustang. It was my mother's originally. I uh, started driving it in uh, 1977. At the time, uh, it was uh, pretty rusty. Of course, there was no rust proofing. It had uh, straight six in it, and uh, I was on my way to uh, uh, college, uh, the University of Minnesota, driving down 35W, and it. Uh, through a rod, uh, through the oil pan, oh. and uh, from then on, it uh, be really officially became my baby. And a friend of mine, uh, who's now a surgeon, Dr. Chris Schmidt up in uh, uh, St. Cloud, uh, he and I uh, went to a junkyard. We got a Fairmont engine, straight six. We stripped off all the uh, EPA, and uh, it was still the same engine. It attached right into the transmission, and. I had that until I was uh, 22 and graduated from college. So it's a great car. You know, here's the interesting thing about that because I, we're, I, it sounds like we're probably the same age. Um, 60. Yeah, I'll be 62 in November. Well, you're older, much older. Well, you can tell <laughs> if you're a lot yes. older. <laughs> it's not the years, it's the mileage. Yeah. But that's, yeah, you, you, so we grew up driving the same kind of cars in the same era and you know, my dad was a college professor. We did okay, but didn't have a ton of money. And if you wanted to have cars in those days, you had to learn how to do that stuff. Yeah. I did the same thing. And and when you're 17, you can be kind of fearless. It's like, oh, just change the engine. How hard yeah. can that be? It, and actually, in those older cars, it wasn't that tough. Yeah, I did it when I was 19, did the engine. And thankfully, uh, my buddy, his dad, had a big garage with all the tools uh, yeah. because he just tinkered and collected things. And uh, he was also my first boss. He owned a bar, so I was a, a bartender for him. But, you uh, were a so bartender? I was. How did they ever make a profit? Who <laughs> 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 <Ooh>, he, <just, laughs> he just started wow. laughing. Wow. Hey, wait, this, this, this friend of yours, Chris, yeah. was he married? At the time, no. No? He is now. What's his wife's first name? Melanie. Damn it! I was hoping you were going to say Mary. No. Because it'd be the, every time you call him, you go, Mary Chris Schmidt. <laughs> I love oh, that. Boy. Oh, wow. boy. Hey, I'm like a disc have jockey today, man. Drinking Red Bull again? <laughs> I should have been. <laughs> I you think know so. what? You were, weren't you? You may be right about that. I might be a little jacked on your <laughs> no. old caffeine, baby. <laughs> I, you know, here I thought it was because I came in today, but it has nothing to do with that. No, I'm that excited. It's all chemically yeah. No, no, yeah. no. I'm very excited to have you here. There's no question about but, it. But, it, you know, the cars back then, too, you could work on them. Yeah. There wasn't much. Well, uh, you kind of had to. Well, you it had broke to, down all the time. Yeah, you did that, but there wasn't the electronic technology. Yeah. It was all mechanical. That's so right. uh, you could tighten belts and change the bulbs, and, you know, it was fun to do, too. Kept you out of trouble. Yeah, that it, that's probably the best. So the reason we brought you in, um, Tom and I were talking about banking and how screwed up the whole system is, and I realized that I, I really have well, very little boss. understanding about well, you were like the founding fathers screwed it up in Hamilton and the Federal Reserve and all this oh, sort the of stuff. Oh, Federal Reserve, and it's like, a disaster. I don't really understand how that works. I know a lot about a little different things, but I don't know anything about banking. So let's go back to the late 18th century. How did the banking system start in this country? 
Well, you know, if you go back that far and you look at the history of banking in the Twin Cities, there was a lot of bank failures, um, you know, and really what happened was you had to get into uh, reserve requirements and things and get into fractional banking, which allows the expansion of the economy and things like that. And by 1913, they came up with the Federal Reserve Act to uh, help control that. And there was the exchange, you know, way back when you they had, you know, first was the barter, still have barter. Hmm. You know, then we came up with currency, you know, gold coins and things like that. We still have that. Uh, you know, no, no system, no payment system in banking really goes away. And then eventually, uh, you know, we came up with the check system. And checks early on were, uh, uh, discounted. You, you would go to what they called the discount window way back when, and if Tom had written me a check, I could go there and present it, and depending on uh, what Tom's <laughs> balance was, they would discount it, and I would only get a portion of that money. 95 cents on yeah. a dollar or something and, like that. And they developed the check clearing system early on, because as the farther out those checks were, it cost more, so the discount was higher, so uh, there, there wasn't really the way, so long story short, um, they came up with the Federal Reserve System in a way to control that and uh, keep things in perspective. So I think. I, I'm, I'm going to sound like Michael Scott on The Office, the famous scene where he's <laughs> explain it to me like I'm eight, and then they explain it to him, and he goes, okay, explain it to me like I'm five, so, okay. yeah. which is really funny, I think. Well, I, I think but I'm humble I, enough I to know it, what I don't know. So. Well, I think if you take a bank and you, you think of it this way, and we'll just use... Uh, if you put in a thousand dollars of capital to start the mm -hmm. bank, okay, and uh, how much money do I have available to lend? A thousand dollars. Right. So then I I can take in depositors, and how much money can I lend? Well, how how much am I willing to keep in cash uh, with those Shit. deposits? So you got to think. I can interview him. So, Don't worry mm -hmm. about it. Yeah, Doug Sprinthal with a decent voice <laughs> he this asked time. Me, he asked me a great <laughs> question and. I bored him to death. He left the room. No, you know, I got to tell you, honestly, yeah, he told me why. Two yeah. hours mm -hmm. on hold for two. Uh, way to shut the door. No. Lame brain. Yeah, two hours on hold for an issue. We don't want to hear him yelling. <laughs> yes. uh, two hours on hold. What are we doing? Well, you know, part of it is uh, uh, people having to still work from home. They the technology to connect people well, I and suppose, make all yeah. that work. You know, yeah, I suppose that is you know, true. He's working with the state of Minnesota. They're still on lockdown. So Okay, so 1792, Alexander Hamilton <laughs> yes. kicks in the Federal Reserve. Okay, you saw the play. No, no, I did not go see the play okay. Hamilton. I hate no. musicals so much I can't even tell you. When <laughs> you're a no. jet, you're no. a jet for no. life. You're getting confused. <laughs> the Federal Reserve didn't start until 1913. They said it started in 1792. U.S. Treasury. Hamilton was part of the U.S. Treasury. But they called it the Reserve. Well, they? yeah, it was the Reserve of the, the government. But by 1913, Well, if it was the Federal Reserve, it that was, was not about, the Federal You're a disaster. Reserve. No. Like, you, you know anything about banking? Yeah, just a little. That's just <laughs> okay. a little. So, okay, so you, it, you know what called the, the Federal Reserve? It was the... It was the U.S. Treasury. And U.S. Part Treasury, of the, okay. It was the bank of the, the country. Bank the reserve country, bank. Right. Yes. yes, it was a reserve bank yes. of the country. In other words, it was the country reserve or the federal reserve. But anyway, moving forward. So there was no money backing it at all. There was none. Okay, so how is that not a scam? Well, uh, you know, it's, 
you know, and there's right now there's nothing back in our exactly. currency. Exactly, that's it's what the, I'm saying. We've learned the, nothing. It's the full faith and credit of the United States government and the yes. Federal Reserve. Yeah, and I know the people aren't. Look, the only the only problem I have with all this, Michael, and I'll be very serious. Every time there's a bump in the road, taxpayers pick up the tab. Whether it's Truman putting the uh, Social Security into the general fund, which he should have never been allowed to do, wouldn't you agree? I would. You go down the list of all these things. Ronald Reagan starts taxing our Social Security. Right. So they piss away all the money, and then you and I have to pick up the tab every time. Well, you know, part of that, there's uh, a little bit of misnomer on that, too, from the uh, 2008 to 2010 with those, uh, you know, what they call the government bailout of the banks. Right. Uh, Some of that was uh, true, but if you really look at the math... Uh, it was all the banks that put into the FDIC insurance yeah, fund, right. and they bailed that out. But it was bailed out by a loan from the Treasury, which was paid back. At the same point, the Treasury stepped in with the help of the Federal Reserve and bought stock in banks, um, and those banks paid that money back and with interest, just like they did in the Depression So um, back in the 30s. So, you know, it's a tool that we need to keep the the majority of us moving forward. Obviously, there's going to be people left behind, but we have to yeah. continue to work together to make that all happen. Do you think it would be okay if I did what they did? Because I'd like to start a bank today with no money behind it. What do you think? That would be a little hard for you. A little too. hard to do, you think? Yeah. They could do it, but I can't? Why is that? I'm an American citizen. You are. And But when I started the bank 22 and a half years ago, uh, we raised $4.5 million of capital. We had 100 shareholders. And... Um, you know, it, it, back then it, it took a minimum of uh, $4 million. Uh, today, I think, you know, you have to go in with your application probably 10 to $15 million. 10 to $15 million, But yeah. there are some new startup banks happening again. So, well, that's good. Yeah. That's a, well, I told you the Mike and Tom bank could be huge. It'd There's be no huge, yeah. Huge bank. Well, huge we were going to call it Brad and Mike, but that didn't really take on. So no, Brad, Brad and Huckle, Mike didn't work. No, yeah, Brad that Huckle, did, yeah. That didn't really work Brad, very well. Brad yeah. and Mike didn't work yeah. either. And then we thought of Huxky Bank, but that was Huxky. no good. Yeah, yeah Huckster, Huxky. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll take a break. Be right back. Next segment up, and Doug Sprinthal will be back as soon as he can be. He's just dealing with a... Uh, with a bit of scam that somebody tried to pull on him. So uh, we'll be back with Mike Bilski and Car Selling Secrets. Tom Bernard here, and here with me is the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, I was reading on your website about a customer near where I grew up, North Minneapolis. They were specifically looking for a community bank. That's right, Tommy, Prestige Products. They had been with another community bank, but when their bank was acquired by a large regional bank, The owner felt like they were just seeing his business for the numbers on the page and not really understanding his long-term plans. So he met with a number of community banks in the area, including us. Luke at our branch in Shoreview met with the owner, they hit it off, and Prestige Products chose to work with us. Incidentally, their favorite part of working with Luke is that he gets excited about the same things that are important to them. Having a clear understanding of your long-term goals makes for a great relationship and our difference maker for your business. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. I've never looked back from having LASIK myself, and with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. 
Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020. And let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential. Ooh, I get to say I don't know what they're talking about on the air, but I say that on the air all the time, so what's the difference? Yeah. Back to Dougie, who's back in now after trying to pull off some scam. What was it? Well, apparently, no, I mean, uh, your was scam, on hold with, the social, with social Security. That's the next call. <laughs> Unemployment office. Somebody opened an account in my name. And they froze it already, but they said, now file a police report, do all this other stuff, because to open it, they would have had to get your, had your Social Security number. Ooh. That's never good. Don't so, you have to do those spots over on iHeart, but you wouldn't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's we were, uh, two weeks ago, we were sharing Social Security numbers in between segments here in the podcast. Yeah, so in the podcast. You'll be hearing from my attorney shortly. Zero, zero, zero. Okay, yeah. so back to the subject, Dan, and I'm sorry I had to step out, but what did Hamilton do other than get shot? We already did that part. Oh, really? Okay. No, I'm just kidding. We, did. we didn't really. <laughs> yeah, this I, isn't my best day. I'm not that big of a historian, but, you know. What he was the hell part, are you doing here? What, you, you asked me to come, <laughs> I can't. Damn it. Uh, he, uh, you know, he's part of the Treasury. You know, the Federal Reserve didn't go into place until 1913. Right. So, uh, so you know, back then they were trying to come up with a bank for the country. And uh, try to manage reserves for the country. And, you know, they're going to have. They taxes. didn't really have any money that. Back they didn't then. have any. No. Yeah, yeah. They created it, what a, a currency. Scam. But you know, way back when we traded shells. That's true. You know, uh, you know they they traded food. You know, they still they, do in the south side of Chicago. They well, trade shells every weekend. Well, no, we're not talking about that. Well, we're not. So, so here's an uh, here's an uh, banking American history history story that has to do with my family. I had a relative who was a midshipman in the, I think it was the Continental Navy after uh, the revolution. And we fought a war with France called the Faux War for a couple of years, 1798 to 1800. And this guy was uh, up in the mast during an attack and he got killed. Uh, They said, come on, you know, get out of the rigging. He goes, no, I'm I'm not gonna abandon my post. They named a destroyer after him. Here's the other cool thing, he was 13 years old. Wow. So. The reason for the faux war is uh, the French obviously were a big help to the Americans, to Washington, getting the army funded, all loaned us a ton of money uh, to defeat the British. And the French, to this day, still hate the British and vice versa. So the Americans went, hmm, well, we actually owed money to the government you overthrew, so we're not going to pay you back. Oh, I love it. Which I really think, if you look at our Bill of Rights, that's why some of them are in there. It's like, okay, well, this, and I'm going to get in trouble for the Second Amendment thing, but it's like, okay, we can have an army without really paying for it. And if you re- realize that the Third Amendment is, okay, if you have to put up some of our soldiers, we'll pay you back. I think the Founding Fathers were basically cheap. Well, they had nothing, <laughs> you know. They Cheap. came in and they found the land and they started taking it and that's what they had to do. Scam artists. Well, probably. A so, bit how, of that. I mean, how do you create a banking system in that environment when you really have nothing? I well, think that's, that's where the loss started to come into place and they, they really needed it. As I was telling Tom back, as you get into the banking history of St. Paul with uh, 
my family was involved in. My grandpa came out of my great grandpa out of the depression and took three banks and merged them together that it closed. But you know, there's failure after failure, and you had to build in some stability yeah. with uh, the deposits that people could have because it it boils down to if I put a thousand dollars in as capital of the bank and I lend the thousand out, well, what else do I have? Right. Nothing. So if I start taking in you get deposits, calendars and pens. Well, there's that, but yeah. you know. But if I start uh, taking in deposits, then I can loan it out. But how much cash do I have to right. leave behind to cover depositors' withdrawals and things like that? So, really, when it comes down to it, banks don't fail because of general credit quality. They fail because of liquidity. Right. That they can't get right. the cash they need. Right. And you know that that was more than evident in uh, 2008, 2009. That whole debacle because all of a sudden there was a few banks that couldn't get anything and then right. it toppled you know and if one can't get it then the next one gets so you know they've put more controls into uh, so wh when did the fdic come into being 1934 in, okay so that was during the uh roosevelt administration right because they started that that administration started a lot of banking regulations from they what did. i understand yeah but well that's what they needed because right. of the depression of 1929 yeah. and how were they going to fix that so 1934 was the first temporary act of the FDIC, and 1935 was the permanent one that came into place. Mm. So in, over the years, they've taken the deposit insurance limits up from 5,000 to 10,000. Yeah, it's to a quarter 000. million now or something. Now it's 250,000. Plus, there's multiple variables that you can do with naming. Um, you can have a CD with your wife's name on the bottom. You you can open uh, up another I, CD. You know, I, I, unfortunately, I'll get to that position in my next yeah. life, but I've never, <laughs> in my never, next life. never the, been on the I've bottom. I've never had two million dollars laying around okay. free. What am I going to do? I'm like, with well, this? how do you protect that? But and that's you know, you just the, you know, and a guy like you know Trump or Mark Cuban, they'd have to have like fifty thousand different. Banking. They do, but you know, they have other ways to protect yeah. it. But you know, they uh, you can put beneficiaries. You can sign so. Um, immediately, you can. Uh, so each one of those becomes worth another two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. And by changing, if you had four kids, you could do four right. different ones. I get it. Okay. So you know, and that's the way people, you know, can protect their cash if they don't want to do other things. You know, like put it in their mattress or the stock market. Well, yeah, the stock market. <laughs> the stock market today. today. <laughs> but you know, the stock market is more tuned for more sophisticated investors. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. As, you found, as maybe you're finding out, I don't know. No, I'm doing well actually. I went in and when it hit eighteen thousand, I, I did that the recession too. I'm like, this is the time yeah. to buy when yeah. everybody's just freaking out, buy stuff. Yeah, as long as you and have then, cash. Same thing, uh, same advice to a tightrope walker. Don't look down. Yeah, you, you <laughs> like, can't look back, and you have to. But you know, they had an interesting uh, story on CNBC this morning. They talked about guys who were buying stock uh, at the end of the day and then selling it in the morning. And they did the math, and I can't remember how long they went back, but 20 years at least. And uh, if you bought in the evening and sold in the morning, over time you'd be up 6%. Um, if you bought in the morning and then sold in the evening, so you held it during right. the day, you'd be down overall a minus 3%. And the reason is that most of the news that's happening on stocks and things happens after the market. So you, right. you don't get a lot of fluctuations, and a lot of times the only news you get is bad news. So, um, and then the good news happens when the market's not there. Part of it is it gets exasperated because guys don't want to hold positions on the weekend, 
the sophisticated traders. Right. So that they're, they they're, have a big they're done by on noon it. on Friday. Right. It's right. cocktail time. I yeah. got I know a They've few friends that are their, financial yeah. planners, and they're like, right. we don't even look. Right. Because <laughs> they're done. Well, that's nice yeah. to know. know. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's, uh, I, I always thought banking was a simple business, you know, rate times time. And, yeah. Uh, um, but, you know, we make it complicated with the compliance laws and things like that uh, in different programs. You know, this PPP deal. Uh, Oh boy! You know, what it's ever changing. Well, yeah, you know, and well, part, it, it made, they, that's they were too doing simplistic. It, they were doing it on the fly, and they've made some good modifications, and I, I yeah. think it's going to help a whole lot of people. Um, well, I think it would be good if it goes to the people that need it. Well, you I, know, when you hear about the Lakers getting a few million and stuff, it's like well, they gave it all back, though, didn't they? Yeah, well, I, some I, people yeah. have, yeah, but I, I think you know, it was intended for everybody. I think. Really, what complicated it was not only you had the federal government trying to do things, but local governments. Yeah. And then, then you threw on an extra $600 on the unemployment. So uh, can you bring people But I mean, the PPP money was get people back to work. But a lot of them didn't want to come back to work because right. they had the unemployment in place. So then, the you know, at first the PPP money was only supposed to be for eight weeks. Now it's 24 weeks, um, and it can be used for other things. So... I think I think in the end everybody will benefit. I think that in the long run, though, the country's going to have to address how eventually do we pay it all back. That that was going to be the entire third segment. We're going to okay. talk about national debt and what it yeah. means and how great that. things are going to be for our grandchildren. Can no. so, I ask a question? Of course you can. Very quickly. And all three of you get to vote. Okay. We'll start with you, Cassie. What is the worst name for a bank you've ever seen? Oh, gosh. There's one I saw it and went, what the hell kind of name is that? I don't know. You don't have anyone? I don't. I can't think of a worse, a bad bank name. Gar- yeah, I know you hate Garrison Keeler, but he had. I don't hate Garrison Keeler. I just talked about Lake, Lake no, I They had, I think it was called Bob's Bank. Bob's Bank. And the, yeah. and the, uh, the motto was neither a borrower or lender be. Well, nor, yes. Neither a borrower nor a lender be. Oh, I just talked to Garrison about a month ago. It was very pleasant. Did you really? Yeah. Are you kidding me? I thought I told you that. No. I called him up and told him. Maybe you did, and I just have a brain tumor. (laughs) I have a brain tumor. I do not have a tumor. Okay, Okay, so you like Bob's bank. Mike, do you have a name of a bank that you find ridiculous? I can't really say, Tommy. Okay, yeah, that's probably true. You're right. I know which one it is, and I know where it is. (laughs) You do? I go to Florida. Anyway. (laughs) I go to Florida many, like 20 years ago or whatever it was, 22 years ago or whatever. And I go, what does that say on that building? It's a bank building, and the name of the bank is Fifth Third Bank. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've heard what that. What the I, hell I, kind of name Canadian. is that? Isn't that, aren't they from Canada? Ohio. Right. Ohio. Well, Ohio why Canada. would you name your bank Fifth Third? Well, so this is the third bank we had, you know but why? it's the fifth time we had it. it well, was, they did the, the three-fifths of bourbon. No. <laughs> the founders were on Fifth Street and Third Avenue, so they named it Fifth Third. That's a horrible name for a bank. Well, the grammar. You know, uh, <laughs> when I first started working for uh, my family, uh, they the bank was named uh, North America. It was originally Falcon Heights State Bank. Yeah, I remember that. They, they moved it to Roseville, and they changed the name to North Star State Bank of Roseville. The problem was when branching became uh, available, mm-hmm. we put the first branch in uh, White Bear, and we were going to so. You have the North Star State Bank of Roseville and White Bear. Yeah. So we changed the name to North Star Bank. 
when Brad and I were starting the bank, we said, well, we didn't want to be limited by anything, so we came up with North American Banking Company. There you a go. better banking experience. A better banking experience. Yeah. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. for the. Fu- it's the final segment already. It flew by. Man. It's what happens when you have good content and good guests. Well, he'll be here, yeah. he'll yeah. Be here on the 5th and the 3rd. So that's <laughs> Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more. And please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin, is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. Yeah, back with segment three of Car Selling Secrets from Walzer Automotive Group with Mike Bilski. Uh, big shot at North American Bank. I, going back banking to the company. Banking company. Oh, a better yeah, banking well, experience. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're listening. <laughs> oh, how can I not? You advertise Thanks, more than we do. Um, so going back to uh, Roosevelt administration, FDR, it's my understanding that one of the things they did to protect the banking industry and therefore the country is to separate commercial lending is that right uh not really oh uh, they they separated uh, stocks and lending okay they, the glass steagall and they you're you're thinking more of investment banking yeah lending equity and taking shares in the stock they they separated that yes but it, but am i also right in getting it partly right that clinton in the clinton administration they I don't know the exact history, but part of that was the investment banks merged back into banking, yep. and banks went back into investment banking. So it kind of merged all together. So that did cause part of the problems well. in in oh eight and oh nine. Yeah, that was that's my. So I got it partly right. I know a little bit about banking. It was way off. We should have just listened to Roosevelt. No, she made him president for life. Well, he tried. I know. Remember? <laughs> yeah, because I know that uh, ship full of Jews he sent back to their. Well, he can't get them all. Let's not get too wound up about it. What a great guy no, FDR was. No, I, I, I completely agree. It's, it's, Pig. it's interesting of all leaders. I think at some point they're just so fascinating because none of them, hardly any of them, you'd go, God, he was well, great. The, the tough decisions they had yeah. to make. I mean, uh, think about the Pope when the Nazis were coming in on yeah. the Vatican. What, you know, what did he do to uh, balance that? And, right. you know, th- there's just hard decisions, and we're not in those chairs at the time well, to make yeah. those decisions. And it yeah, becomes Pope difficult. Also, Pope also had to put up with Mussolini, which was yeah. not easy. Right. <laughs> yeah. It was not an easy but thing to can do. Can you imagine what would happen today if. if uh, we rounded up all the Japanese Americans. Oh my God! <laughs> put them in internment camps. Can you even imagine that? We did it in Canada with we the Ukrainians. We did right? it. Yeah, I, I know yeah, it's I know. crazy. Yeah, was the Japanese and the Ukrainians in Canada? Oh really? Yeah, I didn't absolutely. know that. Yeah. Ukrainians? 
how they didn't want Ukrainians or I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, we, that's where the Austin Powers things come from. Yeah, exactly. Hate intolerant people and the Dutch and yeah. the Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. So our federal debt is somewhere around twenty-five trillion, give or take a little. I'm not sure what it is. It's a lot. Um, Despite campaign promises that he'll erase it all by the end of a second term, I think Uh he was just. Those are campaign promises, and I don't think anybody believed him. What do we do? How does this affect the the country? What's the future look like? Well, I I think uh, you have to compare it to maybe yourself when you take on debt. you're taking on debt because first you know you can repay it uh, and how do you repay it with income or selling assets um, I think you know at some point in time it's inevitable that maybe tax rates will go up a little bit but you know the the country has trillions and trillions of dollars of assets and uh, so we're gonna sell the Grand Canyon well, is that the you plan? Know, there, there might be lease rights there might be all kinds of other things associated with it that makes some sense to sell some assets Plus, if the economy continues to grow, uh, the the debt is uh, relation to GDP compared to other countries. Right, we're still well below what other countries are. Oh God, yeah. So yeah. So how, how much money do we spend roughly just servicing the federal debt? Well, I don't know, but I think the last thing I saw, we were up close to twenty five percent of GDP. You know, Jeez. Of what's going on in the country? Just on the debt, on, just on the paying the wow. Hmm. But, you know, right now uh, we're in a good time. Uh, low interest rates, uh, all kinds of debt can be refinanced at the low rates. I think uh, Secretary Mnuchin has done a, a great job of trying to balance all that. I think, you know, throwing a 20-year security in there and things like that to uh, come up with things, it's, it's been good. And, uh, you know, uh, they're, they're all very smart people. and. Uh, I've had the chance to work with some of the Fed people on both sides, the regulatory and the product side. Uh, they're extremely, extremely smart. And I trust them. Well, that's good. That's good. I mean, that's helpful to know. Because without any basis, it's as a normal human being, it's hard to really understand exactly what they do. I, th- I think uh, they all have the best intentions uh, in the world. Uh, m- most, most government people do that. Uh, I think we get confused with we equate uh, Fed uh, employees and maybe department employees to uh, elected officials who right. we know can say some stupid things like the senator from Ohio today. And <laughs> colored so. population. He actually said the colored population. Foot and mouth. Jesus. Hmm. How, 2020. You yeah. say that in 2020. And he's a doctor. And he's a doctor on top of it. Well, you okay. know, uh, my wife was... When I told her I was going to do this, she she really said you shouldn't because you really sometimes need a governor. And I said, Oh, I'm pretty good during the day. You just by the time <laughs> I get by the time I get home, the governor's run out. Right. So. And you don't mean Tim Walls. It's your own governor, your personal yeah, governor. Yeah, my personal governor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> governor Johnny Walker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And another thing that sucks. Lieutenant Governor Jack Daniels. Yeah. I should get a governor, don't you think? No, to get 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 get. You know, <laughs> but you know, Jackie kind of enables me. I mean, she did make me a a, a mask, and uh, it was out of uh, Crown Royal bags. Oh, really? So, you oh, know, cool. You know, had plenty of them around the house to use. Talking. Recycling, repurposing. Yeah. There you go. Repurposing. I like that. So, yes, so. repurposing. It's all you need to know. There's no doubt about it. 
Okay, so we shouldn't worry about the debt. We've got smart people in Washington. I'm glad you came yeah. in. I feel better now. Smart yeah. people in the departments, I think. Right, so, okay. You know, smart people at the Fed, that's for sure. Tom, yeah, you got any I'm questions? I'm sorry I can't be any more controversial. No, I did, I, I, I've learned a lot, actually. If I start a bank, can I call it the 1951st? After the year I was born, 1951st. The 1951st. That old? <laughs> okay, that's a good question. Let's say we wanted to start the first bank of. You know what else happened? You know what else happened? <laughs> what do you have to do? Obviously, you, you need have to have Tim probably Ivory a pile there. of money. Well, when I started uh, North American Banking Company, you. Uh, uh, you put together a prospectus. You go out to raise some money. I, uh, I talked uh, 97 shareholders into. We raised uh, $4.5 million. Uh, during the next year uh, of raising the money, we uh, put through the uh, application to uh, open a bank, a state chartered bank in the state of Minnesota. From there, then you have to apply for uh, deposit insurance, so you have to go through an application through um, the FDIC. As well as uh, in banking now, you should really have a holding company, which actually owns the bank. That's where you raise the money, and uh, you go to the Federal Reserve and uh, apply there. So, uh, you know, we went through that process. It took about 11 months. Uh, we, you know, you have to get uh, fingerprinted, all that kind of stuff. They do background all that checks, background FBI so stuff. That's where you'd fail, Tommy, I guess. But uh, the background, the background check? check. I'm clean as a whistle. <laughs> I'm sure you are. I have a background. <laughs> yeah, we all have backgrounds. I have never but, been arrested uh, in my life. Never convicted. Remember? Never, never arrested never in never my arrested. life. There you go. I've had a few speeding tickets. Oh, we did a quiz the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been pulled over by white officers. Black officers and Asian officers. Who's the only one that gave me a ticket? The woman. No, well, it was a guy. It was actually a guy. Okay. It wasn't a woman. So who's the only one that gave me a ticket? Don't know. The white guy. The Asian guy. The Asian guy. He's that the only my, guy. That was my next guess. No. And if that I, was wrong, I was going to go with the black guy. Then I, as he was walking back to the squad, I saw the Wellstone bumper sticker on. Uh-oh. I'm screwed. <laughs> but, you know, there's still banks uh, being open today. New banks. Well, so let's go. The Doug but and today Tommy it'll bank. take about raising about fifteen to twenty million. That's all right. I know you. So, yeah. So basically, we could call our bank the DTs. What yeah. Do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Come on and get the DTs. That'll be for Doug and Tom here. That'll be perfect. Well, you might have a leftover bar where you could just you open could it. Just open it at the bar. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we're not using Bar La Grasse, so we'll just open an air for now. Herbs is available. <laughs> Go back to the original story when I was a bartender. He also cashed checks at night because, you know, back then. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, yep. You know, banks weren't open. They, they didn't have a direct yep. deposit of payroll. So, and we were downtown St. Paul. The shifts came off of uh, Kemp's and the plastics company. And right. the guys came in, and he cashed their checks, gave them a chip for a free drink, and it's funny you tell that story because one of my first jobs as a kid, I was in high school. I was a janitor at an advertising company in northeast Minneapolis called Source Incorporated, run by this lovely southern guy named, unfortunately named Adolph Hill. Oh, <laughs> but so they had, close. A, they had a, you know, creative people upstairs, a print shop in the basement. They did mail order stuff and all that sort of stuff. And they paid everybody. And at 15, I thought this is the dumbest thing in the world. They paid everybody at 11 o'clock on Friday. Mm-hmm. 
two blocks down was a Rones bar on Central and Fourth. Sure. I think it was. Yeah. Cash checks at the windows. Yeah. And the guys would get totally shit-faced and then come back and operate printing equipment for another four hours. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> there was a few of them that couldn't wear wedding rings. And yeah. oh. <laughs> I, guess I worked at General Metalware, which sure. part of their business was you would put big round pieces of metal into a press. Yeah. It would come down and make a garbage can lid, right? Guy comes back after the lunch break. Oh. <clears throat> When he went home, he had this many fingers. Oh! He cut off six of his fingers because he put them in the machine to get the thing out. Well, the dripping. He's in two thumbs, baby. Oh. So he became a forklift driver, and I'm not kidding. He did. To get it back to banking, the original direct deposit oh, payroll like system. Boring, yeah. No, interesting. But this is a, the original direct deposit payroll system in the '70s was put together originally to pay the army. Really? And, uh, so they could get paid. And, I didn't know uh, that. Yeah, so then it expanded. and So it went from there. Originally it was just four deposits, but of course we've taken it to the next level and can do all kinds of debits with it. So. Mm-hmm. What a time. Man, yeah. that show went fast. That went really fast, Bilski. You were kind well, of interested. I'm full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> it fits perfectly. I can talk. You, know, you fit right I, in. I will say this, and I, I know that there's danger and overregulation too, but it sounds like a lot of the stuff that you're talking about were government ideas to stabilize the banking system in the U.S. Absolutely. Right? And to prevent fraud. You so know. I think it's real easy for people to knee-jerk and say, oh, we don't need regulation, this is terrible, blah, 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 which is almost as bad as saying we don't need cops. Well, right. it's like we right. really do need some order and some backups and well, all sorts and of stuff. Some of the things that you have to do for selling cars. Oh, yeah. You have to do, and that's for uh, consumer protection laws. And some of those are good. Some of them have become too overreaching and yep. burdensome. Yep, I but, agree. But, uh, you know, w- we can make those work if we work hard enough yep. to do it. So. That wraps up episode 52 of Walzer Automotive Thank Group's you. Car Actually, Selling Secrets. You two just got a text message that was sent to me. Oh, really? Yes. What did it say? It said there were American German internment camps as well. Really? Just not anywhere near as many. I didn't know that. I suppose down in New Ulm. Yeah, Yeah, probably in New Ulm. Yeah, Yeah, that's probably true. We'll have to look that up. So who's correcting us? Pat Eberts. Well, leave it to Eberts. (laughs) Leave it to Eberts. (laughs) I'm surprised he's working. Yeah, what are you doing working, Pat? Yeah. Sorry. All right. No, it's fine. Good job. Thanks for Bilsky. having me. Appreciate it. Thank you. you Got to come back again because love to. You know, he wouldn't be on the phone with the government for three hours. Oh God, sorry. <laughs> what? Okay. That was over two hours. I, I was in Hawaii for two hours. And she was really why nice. Actually, phone was hanging in his yeah, ear. Yeah, well, because I was hold music. But two hours. And she was really nice and gave me all the numbers and here's what you do and blah blah blah. And I said, said anything else? And I said, I have one comment and I, I know this is a tough time for you, but. Could you change up the on hold music? I almost went insane. <laughs> she just started laughing. <laughs> no. you, you didn't ask for a Walzer commercial? That would be that hey, would that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Over and it's over and over again. Oh. It's too late. That would be the end of the company. <laughs> Paul, sorry about that. All the customers hate us now. Exactly. Oh. Way to go. Let's go, folks. We're out. See ya. <laughs>